Well, this is totally not Danzig, and you're listening to the Shred Shack. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. Hey, this is Chris Mack. Welcoming you to episode 159 of the Shred Shack Podcast. Yes, 159. I have checked it. Shut up. Your premier source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Airing bi-weekly on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Spotify. Especially that Spotify. Go, you know, subscribe and, you know, maybe they'll give us money. Let's get started with some old business. So, old business. We have mentioned before that Johnny Ryan is um, suing his uh, former bandmates in Sex Pistols about the use of their songs in a six-episode series about the Sex Pistols guitarist Steve Jones. Um, he has lost his legal battle over the rights to use the band's songs in the upcoming biopic miniseries. So, uh, Jones and his former Sex Pistols drummer uh, Paul Cook have argued in court that an agreement they signed with Leiden meets decisions, uh, meant decisions regarding licensing requests could be determined on a, quote, majority rules basis. On Leiden's side, uh, okay, for his part, that the band member agreement, okay, so Leiden said that the band member agreement had not been applied since it was signed more than 20 years ago, and that, quote, all decisions about the use of Sex Pistols music and imaginary and imagery had been made with unanimous agreement. However, a court ruled that the contract was valid and active and that the majority of the band could overrule any individual member's veto. The judge, Sir Anthony Mann, also pointed out that Leiden, quote, had actually signed away his power to control the use of music rights, unquote, to publishing a music company such as Warner um, and BMG. Leiden retained only qualified rights of approval, which could be overridden uh, if he was being unreasonable. So... You know, sounds like he was being unreasonable, and he signed away his rights to his songs over 20 years ago. Look, Johnny Rotten, John Lydon, whatever you want to call him, I'm putting this simply, and I'm not, and I'm not saying it ironically. He's a cunt. <laughs> he is a little bit of a douche. Yeah, you know. I find it funny that guys like him, guys like him and guys like Glenn Danzig, these are the ones who are complaining so much about the state of, like, the, the political state of the world, like, and, and yet, like, they're, they're the punk artists, you know, it's just, they, they've just, as, as they've gotten older, it seems like a lot of these punk artists have gotten sticks, like, shoved further and further and further up their ass. And, it's like... It's, okay. it's just it's irritating. Well, it seems like they they they've become what they were fighting against so long ago. So yeah, ex- exactly. And and they they'll 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 claim to high heaven otherwise, but it's like, dude, you're like, I I pull out that stick, and there's going to be nothing but shit falling out for days. For days. For days. You are just a. You are a twat. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's what I've got to say. He's, uh, you know what? I, 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 and again, it's the Sex Pistols. 
They had one album. Right? Cares. If you if you care more about this like if you care too much about the sex pistol, you've got a fucking problem. And 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 that being said, I'm done complaining about the sex pistols. Are you ready to move on? I'm ready to move on to new business. And with new business, we talk about new album releases, of which uh, I actually don't have any, despite the obvious. So, well, yeah. Yeah. So you haven't listened to uh, Senjutsu yet? No, I have not listened to Senjutsu. Uh, I was making a joke prior to, to this that I, I had to move aside my unwrapped copy of Senjutsu. Uh, to uh, prepare to talk, uh, <laughs> it is actually in my hands right now, still unwrapped. I'm sorry, still wrapped. Sorry, um, and it, it's pretty. I mean, it's it's nice, but I uh, just you know. You just haven't I'm gotten. Gonna, I, I'm just gonna go uh, put it on the top of all these papers over here, uh, <laughs> and and usually as a very nice paperweight. No, um, I just. <laughs> I, I've been I've been a little distracted by many other um, to listen to the new album. The most of that I heard of it was working out in the gym with you the other day. Oh uh-huh, yeah. Well, I can tell you that I listened to it a few times, and uh-huh. it's taking me a few times to actually kind of get into it um, because I'm always doing something else, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's you know. If you know the latter-day catalog of Iron Maiden, you know what you're getting with this record. It's pretty much the same. So uh, not, not, that a, not that that's a bad thing. Now, I'm going to say it's not a bad thing. All right? uh-huh. like, I'm, a, I'm a fan of their latter-day. They're very progressive uh, material that they're doing. Uh, but some of the complaints that we brought up in our 10 words review about repetition and things like that, you are mm-hmm. definitely, this is what you're going to get on this record. Um, there's a a song or two that seems like a sequel to a previous songs I mean you'll you'll hear what I'm talking about when you get to it yeah and and here's here's a couple things I have to say okay and again the disclaimer here is that I have not heard this album yet and so this is for the listeners one what I did hear thus far aside from writing on the wall well, even maybe even writing on the wall, it sounded like the same song the entire workout, and we worked out for about twenty minutes, so it didn't sound like the song had changed. It had sounded like Iron Maiden in the past fifteen years. Somebody posted a thing on Twitter that says if you liked the Blaze Bailey era musically but wanted Dickinson on vocal, this is the album for you. I've been saying that since Matter of Life and Death. Yes, yes, pretty much. Yes. Now, the last album that I listened to wholly, completely, and can probably remember mostly front to back is A Matter of Life and Death. So I decided that before I go and listen to Final Frontier and um, the Book of Souls, and then go into this. Um, 
So that's going to be, that's going to, I'm going to have to set aside a little bit of time and do that. So, you know, like tomorrow when I'm working, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. just, just throw that, throw down, listen to that. Um, but it's, it's never bad. It's just that with latter day Iron Maiden, it takes me multiple listens for me to really get into it and appreciate it and also find the nuances of it. Mm-hmm. I think towards, towards the third and fourth listen, that's where I was at. I was finding the appreciation for it. I was finding the nuances in it. I was, I was starting to be able to, to discern different parts of the songs and, and actually tell the difference between songs. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it took a few listens. Like, and again, I, I you know, you go into, you, you go into it knowing what to expect, especially because it's Latter-day Maiden. They've been doing pretty much very similar stuff like like you said since Blaze Bailey and you know and I'm I'm in the boat I'm in the same boat with you where the 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 last Iron Maiden record that I actually listened to front to back like consistently was a matter of life and death. Yeah. So you know I'm in like I said I'm in the same boat as you. So right now like those last three records Final Frontier, Book of Souls and Senjutsu, those could all blend together and it probably all sound exactly the same. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I also add to that disclaimer as a to, as a reminder that Iron Maiden I I identify Iron Maiden as my favorite band and this is me saying this. Mm-hmm. This is also me saying, uh, although I haven't heard the the last album yet, I get more excited by like Blaze Bailey solo albums than I do by Iron Maiden albums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there there are certain things that I I would I get more excited over than a new Iron Maiden album. Like Iron Maiden could have packed it in, they could have packed it in at Brave New World, and I probably would have probably would have been okay with that. Yeah, maybe maybe Dance of Death. I did like Dance of Death. As much as you hate the cover, Dance of Death was no, my, my jam. No, I mean I I like I like Dance of Death the album. I also really really I really enjoyed A Matter of Life and Death the album. Like yeah. again, that was a front to back listening that I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, so it's going to take me some time. I'm hoping by the next podcast I will be, I will be a little more prepared. But, uh-huh. but yeah, that's that is my my take thus far. So yeah, and I think my biggest gripe, and this is just more of a personal thing, is that one of the things that they they they've been doing as of late on a lot of the latter songs is that like. One, because they have three guitarists, of course, and one of the guitarists typically during the verses for these longer songs is playing the vocal melody right right underneath Bruce's vocals. I find that very annoying because to me, and again, this is again, this is a very personal choice about uh, like personal opinion of mine is it feels like that guitar line was there just as a placeholder for the melody until Bruce recorded his his vocals and it should have been taken out in the final mix, but they forgot. That's that's what it feels like to me when it's like the like the, that one guitar line pierces through right underneath the fucking Bruce's vocals and it's the same exact fucking melody. It's like, bro, come on. Yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. So, but we'll see how we'll see how I feel. Yeah. Have you listened to any other new albums? <laughs> I, I've listened to several. Um, a good portion of my albums of the day typically tend to be uh, new releases. Then we'll then so we'll, we'll, wait just, we'll wait till we get to that, or let's do um, that now. 
we can just might as well just do that now. I think I'm looking at where we left off um, on our last podcast was right at uh, Fred Durst's True Detective meme. And I think we, I think everything after that's all stuff we haven't covered yet on the podcast. Okay, so that might have been, that had to have been the, the that had to have come up the day after the podcast because the last time you had mentioned the Metallica podcast, and that was your album of the day for August twenty first. Okay. Uh, which uh, we were we recorded on that day or early that 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 time. So anyway, last time. Starting August twenty first, Metallica podcast. That was you. Mine was Black uh, Black Label Society Society Mafia. I was on a Black Label Society kick at the time. Um, I went and ordered a copy of Blessed Hellride and Nerd Story. I believe I told you this. Yep. I received this copy of Blessed Hellride in the mail. I opened it up and. I look at the disc, and I immediately recognize that it's not correct because of the fact that I have seen the disc for Sonic Brew so many times over the years. Oh, that yeah. And I, I knew immediately it was the disc for Sonic Brew. And I can't believe I'm, they did that. And not that it's not that it says this is like not that it says Black Lives It's just the skull. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I. And, and I just immediately knew. Yeah. I was just like, "Wow, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm that much me, aren't I?" <laughs> uh, next one up, I heard a little bit of uh, working out in your gym, and that is Necronautical. Yeah, that was pretty fun. That was a good record. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, that was like death metal stuff that we were listening to in the gym that day. He mm-hmm. was there. It was good. Next one up, you did Evergrey Monday Morning Apocalypse, which was actually my introduction to the band. First album I bought from, from Looney Tunes back when I was in uh, Farmingdale College. Well, it, it happened to be a Monday morning, so. <laughs> that, that is very true. Um, and funny story about that, um, every week for, for a while um, after I would get paid, the next day that I had school, I would I would leave school, go to Looney Tunes, and buy another Evergrey album. Oh, that's so great. I, I bought them, each album, up to a certain point every week until I had the until I had what was available at the time. And I think I think around that time Monday morning apocalypse might have been the newest. So uh, I went back and bought everything before it, um, one by one. My album of the day was the Insane Clown Posse, Shangri-La. Um, so a couple, couple things about this. Um, same day of that, Insane Clown Posse announces that they're doing a farewell tour because Violent J, um, uh, for those who are not aware of the insane clown posse there are two of the guys one of them is violent j bigger guy he actually suffered from severe afib mm-hmm. um and so because of the fact that he's you know 
it's physically affecting them and whatnot, they decided that it's, it's time for them to step away from, from the touring schedule. Now, when I said, when, when Pat posts this in the group chat, I said, I guess I know what I'm listening to today. His response was, you better not have any ideas for the album of the day. Which immediately meant, it is the album of the day. Now, in all fairness, to be fair, which is a joke you'll get soon enough, um, <clears throat> I wasn't going to put it there. This is also the same day that the whole thing about Ailstorm and Powerwolf came out, which I'm sure mm. you'll get to in the news. So it's the same time that bit of news came out. And I was like... This you see. This is proof that you can't have nice things. I'm putting in his album of the day. <laughs> so, essentially, out of a little bit of spite and me doing like like a ha ha, I put it there as album of the day. So, so suck it, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> Next one up. Um, you did PG Lost. No yes, I did. So. What 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 happened this particular week is um I was I, I try to read in the gym uh in between sets. So um I'm having a more difficult time in my old age of being able to concentrate on reading while I'm listening to music that has lyrics in it. So I've just been putting on um the progressive uh instrumental progressive metal fucking playlist on Spotify that I found. And um PG Lost came up on it a couple times. Like, you know what? I'm just going to fucking listen to them as, like, just the band itself. And uh-huh. um, so I just picked, like, I picked one that I hadn't listened to before because, you know, I've listened to, like, one of their records, like, a lot while when I found, uh, when I discovered them. So I try to fit something, I try to find something that I hadn't listened to before. So. Uh-huh. Okay. So, so instrumental progressive rock. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's also it's there's also some a, uh, a little bit of synthwave in there too. So you know, again, just groovy shit that you can listen to while you're reading. Okay. My choice was uh, Operation Queen, uh, Operation Minecraft Two by Queensrÿche, um, which it's kind of funny. Queensrÿche has been coming up for us collectively a lot lately. Um, <clears throat> I did Empire at one point. One of the days I missed, uh, Bird had picked Operation Mindcrime 1. I did Operation Mindcrime 2. Uh, we'll come to this one later, but uh, Pat picked to Take Cover by Queensryche. Um, I don't know why I point this out, but I think it's just, I think it's a testament to the, the um, awesomeness that is Queensryche. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. So there is that. Um, next up, um, you did Shells. Shells, yes. This is a band that came up also in the progressive uh, metal um, instrumental uh, playlist. Uh, the thing that, that that attracted me to this is that the song that they that that was on the playlist had a badass trumpet part towards the end yeah. kind of like kind of jazzy kind of fucking oh it was great so yeah. I'm like, All right, well, what i'm laughing oh 
Yes. And I, I, I'm, I, I'm doing that, that, that laugh that, uh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. So I listened to the whole record and the record is really fucking fantastic. So it was, it was definitely worth, you know, exploring outside of the playlist. The, the cover of it gives me, uh, cover of it gives me some, uh, some real fear and loathing vibes. Uh, what's the artist's name? Who does the artwork for for that? I can't remember his name, but uh, for those who have seen that style, I can't I can't think of it. I'll, I'll have to look it up. But I chose Blaze Bailey Endured uh, Survive, second part of Infinite Entanglement. Um, I love that record. It's so good. I, I saw him tour on that record, and it was great. Um, so I'm. Of course, I depict that. Um, um, I don't know what you picked for this one. Alex is on uh, fire. Huh? Alex is on fire. Alex is on fire. Yeah. Uh, um, the reason I picked this album is got somebody at um somebody at work met, had mentioned it had mentioned uh-huh. the band, and I was like, oh, I I know of them. You know, I know one record, and so I went and listened to it again, and it's really good. You know. Okay. Um, next up, uh, I'm going to assume you did. What? Oh, I this... picked. Is it, I picked this band. It's called If These Trees Could Talk. And that's what so, I saw, but it also sounds like a, like a like a bird title. So, <laughs> well, it, it probably would be something that Barry would listen to because again, it's another one of those instrumental prog bands. Um, that I think this one I was listening to shells. And I went yeah. to the, the part of the their Spotify profile where it's like, you know, similar acts. And I was just scrolling through. And it yeah. said, if these trees could talk, like, what the fuck? All right, cool. I'll listen to that. So this was just a random pick, in all yeah. honesty. I like when you when when you run when you're just running through artists and it's the name of the artist. See? I think I still think oh. Uh, I, 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 did you hear what I said? Uh, you broke up a little bit. Uh, what, I, what I was saying was, um, I like it when I go through artists and like it's the name of the band that catches my fancy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I still think one of the greatest band names I've ever heard is, and now the owls are smiling. <laughs> but sometimes those names can be very misleading because, like, look at the Eagles of Death Metal, and they don't sound like Death Metal at all. So you no. that, you know. But um, for this day, I picked Twisted Sister Under the Blade. Um, I think you in in your Spotify world need to listen to at least the first three Twisted Sister albums. Okay. Um, I Under the Blade was the debut. First track is probably like it, it it is their opening like for a live show it is their opening track boss fucking song um and like they just they kick fucking ass even even stay hungry is a great is a great album um it's uh, you have you have the two commercialized songs What's it called? Um, 
I want to rock and you have, we're not going to take it and everything. But then like in between that, you have burn in hell, you know, and the beast SMF, which is sick motherfucker. You know, you have these songs that are just, you know, that are, are not as radio friendly. So they, um, they they are or were a really great rock band, and it's, it's kind of a shame that they only have such a, so much of a catalog. Their catalog is only five albums long. So, um, but they are fucking great. Next up, um, are you even did, part of this? No, I did Ginger, the new Ginger record. Uh, wait, did I, uh, did I look at the wrong thing? I looked at the wrong thing, sorry. Sorry, uh, you did the new Ginger record. Um, I don't know what it's called. Wallflowers, or Wallflower, (laughs) sorry. Yeah, it's very good, very good. I mean, Ginger's just been blowing it up recently. They've been really on fire, like, the Mm. last couple records. Like, this, I think earlier this year they released a live record of their last show before the pandemic hit, and they Mm. just released this new record now. They're hitting the road. They look like they're having a lot of fun. And they're just killing it, so good for them. Mine was a band named Fetid Zombie. So, story. Um, obviously, I collect a lot of CDs. I say this as I have a full laying stack on the floor and a stack on my desk. My de- my room, my my office is a mess right now. It is a mess of, of like stuff and CDs and things, and um, uh, surprisingly no pets. Yeah, huh. but for now, Lindsay, my wife, and I went shopping and pretty much bought out CD Exchange and a half price books. <laughs> um, which one did you go to, by the way? Which uh, half price books? Uh, it was the one by the North Star Mall. What? Oh, okay, yes. All right, all right, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So, so I go. I'm, I'm, I'm in CD Exchange, and of course, I go. To, I, I gotta go. Rock and metal and everything, and I go to clearance. And of course, metal. The places, places like like CD Exchange. But this buddy, CD. Keep, hold on, hold on, buddy. You keep you keep breaking up. Like I, that whole sentence you just said, I didn't hear. You're a fool. Can you hear me now? I heard that. Of course, I heard. Fucking heard that. Okay. Well, here's the deal. So, <laughs> so they like to make they like to make money off of of people who like metal. Every metal CD, they 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 charge more for. And by by more, I mean like fourteen ninety nine used and so on. So I found a couple of things in the clearance section that were metal that were highly priced at one point and got cut down to a dollar ninety nine. And one Ooh, of the albums, oh yeah, one of the albums was this fetid zombie. I knew nothing about them. It's a gory cover, but I was like, why the fuck not? It is death metal. It is like vocally, it is a lot like Chris Barnes, 
Oh, but Cannibal Corpse? Cannibal Corpse, Chris Barnes, you know. But the thing is, like, listening to it, it it's kind of funny because it literally sounds like someone's taking a nasty shit. <laughs> like, the nastiest shit. Like, it's that, it, 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 that's how it sounds. But it's a good, it's, it, it was a good record uh, for what it was. You know, it's, it's not my favorite kind of, kind of style. So, um, this was also the same day that we went to Half Price Books, and within five minutes, I had arms full of music biographies, and Lindsay hadn't even picked out a book yet. Well, you know, I mean, they have a whole section for music biographies, and you're just like, I'll take that one, and that one, and that one, and that one. There's no fucking choices. I bought Zach Wilde's book. It's, it's, I didn't really had a fucking book. Jesus Christ! I I did. I had it on my Amazon list, and I I had to remove it because I bought it up. But yeah, that was that was that day. Uh, okay, so next. Now I'm in the right spot, and I don't think you had one this day. Uh, let me check. No, I did not. Not that day. Okay. So I picked Genesis. The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Um, I had, I don't feel I've given enough attention to, uh, Genesis in general, especially Peter Gabriel Genesis. I was going to say, was it Peter Gabriel Genesis? Yes. This is, this is, this this was the last one that Peter Gabriel Genesis before he went, he went solo. Copy that. Um, and it's awesome. You know, I, I I'm not saying that I don't like the poppy side of Genesis. I like the Invisible Touch. I like Land of Confusion. I like That's All, and all that kind of stuff. But this is like Prague, seventies Prague, but not <laughs> not like not like the the poppy kind of Prague, the weird Prague, um, the weird shit. Yeah, so I would I would suggest taking a, a listen to that. Sounds uh, good to me. Now, one of the choices on there uh, plays into something that I'm going to talk about in a little bit, um, but we'll leave it after now. Next one up, um, you picked the Hooded Menace. Yes, it's their new record. Um, so, yeah. um, but this is just one of those things where I got off of like one of those like you know new release lists, and when I was reading their their summary. They're, I think they're a Swedish band. I can't remember, mm. but they're they're kind of like a doom band. But they were talking about this particular record being a little bit more in the style of like '80s metal, or like a little bit more up tempo stuff, and it's in the same vein of like like a Merciful Fate or uh, or uh, King Diamond, but not as like not as fast, but just kind of up tempo and in that same kind of vibe. Yeah, um, yeah, and it was great. It was really good. Um, you may not like it because it's it's mostly growling vocals. There's no clean vocals pretty much at all. Okay. Um, but in general, musically, it was fucking great. It was really good. Actually, you know what we were reminding of? Um, remember we did our video uh, a couple years ago, uh, and Cabeller Talk was yes. one of my uh, top three. And they had that song 1984 or 1985 on it. And it was very cheesy, kind of 80s uh, sounding. Uh-huh. Same, same kind of vibe, but just not as cheesy. You know, they just toned down the cheesiness a little bit, but the thing is, it's the same kind of vibe, like an 80s um, heavy metal fucking style, and it's a good record. Understood. Here's the thing with them, though. The day after 
I posted this as an album of the day, some sort of bit of information came out about them having some sort of degrees of separation to some sort of Nazi outfit. Are you kidding me? Really? And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Can't we have nice things? I still don't know the connection. But apparently their name was mentioned in it. Uh, I don't think it's them specifically. I think it's just like the label or something that's that they're associated with. Well, I missed that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I just I wasn't sure if you had heard. But um, this, this is this is through Twitter. Twitter, Twitter gets up in arms about a lot of things. So, um, you can only take it so much. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know the details. Um, and I, I, I haven't heard much since then. Either yeah. way, that day I picked uh, Rise of the Phoenix by Tenacious. Um, Always a good pick. And which is a, which was a good album, enjoyable album. Still has one of the best montage songs to be the best. Um, love that song. Uh, next one up. Uh, it looks like you did uh, portrayal. I did that's Dayo. Oh, sorry. Yep. New album. Yeah, new album. Um, that that was a lot of fun. You know, it was just kind of something that kind of passed the time. But like musically, it was a lot of fun. Like a really good music musicality. Um, mm-hmm. but again, like I don't, I I didn't really tune into it. But it was it was enough to keep my attend like to grasp my attention to listen to it, but not really listen to it. You know. Understood. I picked Ingested that day. I can't remember why. <laughs> That's just one of those days. No, there was a small rabbit hole that led me to Ingested, and I can't remember anything about it. Uh-huh. Sounds, but I enjoyed sounds the about album. right. But I enjoyed the album. That's good, though. Up next... Probably Tesseract for you. Oh, most certainly was Tesseract. That's the that's called Portals. It's their new quote unquote live record. So I think what happened was that at some point towards the end of last year, they did a live stream and they recorded it and they did a video and everything. So it's like a, it's like a multi um, multimedia experience type thing. Uh-huh. Uh, but they released the um, they released this the the album of it on Spotify. Uh, last week and it was it was really good like i was impressed because when i first got into the band they had a different singer um and then after altered state they brought in their old singer daniel Tompkins, Mm -hmm. and they open up this set with the opening track to altered state which is not sung by daniel Tompkins, and it's sung by somebody who has like a little bit of a higher register and he did a really good job of replicating um the vocals on that. So it was just, a, in, in general, I was very impressed with the way they did things. And it also kind of leads me to want to listen to like stuff that was before altered state. I think they have like one or two records before altered state that I had not listened to because that altered state was the one that, that got me into them in the first place. I've been listening ever since. Um, so it's going to, they're probably going to be one of those bands that you probably see me listen to on a day where I need something instrumental. Cause they have an instrumental version of one of their albums that I'm going to listen to probably while reading, et cetera, et cetera. But they're one of my they're probably one of my favorite bands at the moment right now is uh is Tesseract. So Yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
Uh, I picked Pink Floyd. The well, that yeah, I mean that's classic. Yeah. Um, next one up. Uh, you did Comet Control, right? Yeah, I yeah, I can't really remember exactly what they were about, but I I do remember enjoying them. Okay. But I just don't I don't have details for you. Okay. Well, they appreciated it. They gave us. They gave us the thank you on Instagram. So be sure to listen to them. Yep. Um, I picked more into it. I picked Ghoul Splatter Thrash. Um, so here's here's the reason for that. Um, one, um, I'm actually out of their hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> God forbid. <laughs> there, there, there's two hot sauces I finished, and that no. Uh, the real reason was I like to be. Uh, I like to actually kind of listen to to an artist, you know, and have an idea of their, a little bit of an idea of their stuff before I buy one of their T-shirts. And they had an awesome T-shirt that said "Ghoul." This giant tank, and it said Nazi Smasher at the bottom. And I said, holy shit, buying that t-shirt, I went and listened to the entire catalog. Entire catalog? Holy Spotify. shit. There's only five albums. Oh, okay. Only okay, five I was going to say, it's like... Yeah, okay. off, Wait a and minute. then they get, like, really, re- like, they get refined. Mind, but still, like, when they hit their fifth album, they're pretty, you know, solid. Um, Splatter Thrash is somewhere in the middle of things, um, but they're they're really they're a really good band. Um, and yes, I bought the shirt. Of course, I did the fucking great <laughs> shirt. Um, next up is September third, the day that Sanjutsu came out for Iron Maiden. Oh, of course you can have a snack. Go ahead. Yeah. Yes, please close the door. Sorry about that. So, Sinjutsu. You, yes. We talked about that already. Yeah, um, and again, I'm probably going to listen to it a couple more times, and, you know, I think by the time that you're ready to discuss it, I'll have an even more informed opinion about it. Yeah. Um, I got an earful of a, of a band named Clouds, uh, Clouds Taste Satanic. Um... Kind of fuzz stoner rock um, from a label here in San Antonio called Old Magic. Old spelled like ye old, and magic uh, spelled, and magic spelled with a K. Um, now I mentioned this. I mentioned the label because let this not be the uh, first mention of. Uh, let let this not be the last mention of label today so that's a heads up okay Um, but um it's a label that specializes in that kind of stoner fuzz like doom sound um it's right up bird's alley uh it's right up your you know your 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 pot smoker alley basically Mm -hmm. uh uh, great record though 
Um, and then, okay, I took a few pictures of a show that I saw. Next up, um, you did Night Flight Orchestra, Aromantic 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Interestingly Just- enough, I listened to Aromantic 1. And compared to some of the other stuff that I've heard from them, I actually wasn't into it. So I, I hope this is better. Well, to tell you the truth, like they're getting they're getting to the point where like they're getting kind of prolific enough that it's like, be like it kind of all kind of blends together, especially when it comes out so quickly. Mm-hmm. So they might fall into that problem. But the yeah. the fact of the matter is that I don't think any of these guys in this band really take it that seriously. Like they're just having a lot of fun writing these songs and they sound and it sounds like they're having a great fucking time writing these songs so mm-hmm. i think for me the most important thing is that if the album is fun for this particular type of of, of style and and the guys doing it i'm all about it it doesn't have to be that memorable it doesn't have to be like you know the greatest thing ever it just has to be fucking fun and these these albums are every last one of them are are fun yeah uh, I need to, uh, I'll I'll eventually get more into them myself. Um, my choice of the day was uh, Doctor Smoke. I don't know the name of the album, unfortunately, um, but I will mention them again later on in this podcast. Um, but again, more kind of I, I, in the same vein of fuzz rock, a little bit more uh, energy going into them. Cool. Um, but I'll mention them again later on for reasons. Uh, and that takes us to yesterday, which is uh, September 6th, because we're recording this on the day where this should be released, Labor Day. Um, but yesterday, Sunday, September 5th, um, you didn't have one. I did New Wave by Power Man 5000. I love Power Man 5000. I'm actually kind of happy uh, because... They were set to play Paper Tiger on October 2nd, uh, which is my birthday, of course. Um, And I don't know, actually know where I'm going to be that day. So they moved their tour to April of next year, which gives me more of an opportunity to know where I'm going to be. Yeah, usually a good idea. Usually a good thing. Yeah, so it was good. so that is that. Was there anything else that you may have listened to, um, aside from albums of the day? Well, in all, like I said, most of the times when I'm when I'm in the gym, it's just the instrumental playlist. And then if I I you had that meme of Guy Ferrari fucking yes, drinking that you. shit, like the same ten records. I'm that guy. <laughs> I yeah, no, I, I, I am. I am exactly ten records. I had the same like ten or twelve records that I go to if I don't know what I want to listen to. I was like, oh, I'm just gonna fucking listen to that. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think I, I yeah I, yeah I even wrote as a uh, hashtag attacked. Yeah. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of which, uh, I've I've made the joke in our in our group chat that that I am. I'm coming up with a list of celebrities that I need to catch attention of. And it was, uh, there was a Loudwire uh, article 
earlier that I shared with you guys that said that he is a fan, that Guy Fieri is a fan of metal. And I said, we are going to get a Shred Shack shirt in the hands of this man. So that is one of my aims in life. <laughs> Welcome to Flavortown, Dan. Welcome to Flavortown. Dude, I would totally make a custom shirt that says, Welcome to Flavortown. I should. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if, if he would wear it, I would make it happen. Okay? All right. So, and then what else we need to do is, like, I'm sure he makes some kind of fucking sauces that we can try. Barbecue, hot, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll look. I'll look into it. I. I will. I, I'm a whore. That's all. I, we know. Oh, we know. Yeah. I. I do what I got to do. Um. As far as I go, uh, I listen. I. I kind of just kind of listen to the same stuff over and over. Um. Yeah. The only thing that I listened to outside of that was the. Uh, um. I, I I took I take draw early morning drives to like Walmart and H E B and stuff and I was like, you know, just sitting there jamming out to like Christina Aguilera. So <laughs> Because sometimes you don't want to listen to something heavy. Sometimes you listen to some just some just some shit, you know? Yeah. I know I, I dude, trust me, I get it, because there are times when I'll be driving home from work, it was a bad day and he's like, you know what? I feel like really like listening to fucking Adele today. I really can't fucking just deal with noise at the moment. Dude, so, dude I feel you. Rolling in, the, rolling in the deep is my jam, so, okay? Um, but I think that is it for that section. Um, albums of the day almost set. And so, um, the way that we have our script, uh, we've had commercial breaks listed in our in our script forever uh but we've only ever had one um i kind of i kind of was busy this past weekend a couple of days and i was uh, reaching out to a bunch of people and uh so one of the things that um i've worked out is going to be a new commercial that will show up here but i haven't recorded it yet i haven't written it yet but i want to make mention of it um, and that is that uh, we agreed, uh, the Shred Shack, that wrestling is cool. We like, <laughs> we like, we we like, like wrestling. wrestling. We like wrestling. And uh, there is a local name of wrestling. Of course, with a name like that, you can't be more fitting. I have gone to a couple of their shows, and I actually on Facebook and I sent him a message and I said you know we are a heavy metal group here in San Antonio we are fans of yours uh would you be interested in in some way collaborating in the future and they said yes cool. now as of this as of this time they are um they're keeping things low key due to COVID. Now they were doing weekly shows and they were scheduled all the way up until right about now. Actually, they were supposed to do a show in Austin right about now. Um, it was supposed to be one of their biggest shows ever, unfortunately, uh, but they canceled it all due to COVID. But I said that I would, I would do what I can in the meantime to, 
to promote the promotion and discuss their stuff. And then when the time came and they came back to normality, I would help them, you know, push their stuff on our page and on our podcast. So commercial break one will normally go here and it'll be a commercial for heavy metal wrestling. Um, as that is our most recent partnership. So um, I want to thank I want to thank the folks over there for agreeing to this partnership, um, and we hope to be able to work together with you guys again uh, more, uh, and however we can in the future. With that, we move on to general news, and of course we start with obituaries. Unfortunately, we always have to start with the obituaries. Blah, 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 blah. So, pretty much like the day after we recorded our last podcast, um, Eric Wagner, who was the original singer of Doom Metal Legends Trouble, passed away. Uh, after a battle with COVID pneumonia, he was 62 years old. He was, uh, from what I understand, he was unvaccinated uh, for other medical reasons. So, he wasn't like, he wasn't like a. Um, as far as I know, as far as I know, he wasn't an anti-vaxxer. I think he had other health issues that prevented him from getting the vaccine. Okay. Uh, again, that's that's as far as I know. So it could have been it could have been completely different, but unfortunately, he did pass away from COVID-related pneumonia. Okay, that is. I'm not as familiar with trouble. This is giving me listen to that. Um, I know that there's been a lot of. A lot of say in the metal world since he has passed so mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately it sucks yep here's a big one that um that came across around the same time is uh rolling stones drummer charlie watts passed away at the age of 80 no cause of death has been revealed but if you remember on the last podcast we had discussed that he was going to be missing the uh upcoming rolling stones tour uh per doctor's orders because he had a procedure done he needed to rest up so I'm guessing that everything just got the better of him, unfortunately. Yeah. With um, that in mind, the Rolling Stones will go ahead with their previously announced U.S. tour next month, despite the recent passing of Charlie Watts. Uh, the band will resume the No Filter Trek in St. Louis on September 26th. That's if COVID doesn't stop. But oh, for sure. Um, I I think the one thing that I said in the chat was it was the one normal human being in that band oh yeah away. yeah not 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 keith richards you know not not Mick Jagger, not the dudes who who probably have like every std known to man no <laughs> no it was the normal guy the normal one the normal one yeah so, so that's that's unfortunate yeah. And last but not least here, Iron Butterfly drummer Ron Bushy passed away at the age of 79. Uh, he's the only member of Iron Butterfly to appear on all six of the bands. Obviously passed away at UCLA Medical Center in Los Angeles after a battle with uh, esophageal cancer. And that sucks as well. Um, I've, I've, I feel like Iron Butterfly is another one that I should listen to besides Inagata Vita, I'm sure someone is listening to Inagata Vita right now and it's still going. <laughs> In the Garden of Eden, don't you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. 
Yeah. This sounds like rock and or roll. <laughs> rock and or roll. But that is it for obituaries, unfortunately. And I'm sure once we record this today, someone else will pass away, because that just seems to be our trend at the moment. Yeah. All right, so you ready for general news? Here we go. Let's go. So Friday, August 27th, Gun Rosie played their first ever rock concert at Las Vegas' Allegiant Stadium, which is a 65,000-seat venue, which is run by the Las Vegas Raiders. The show was part of the band's U.S. tour, which kicked off on July 31st in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And, of course, support on the trek is coming from Wolfgang Van Halen's Mammoth WVH. Cool. Yeah, I so mean, that. I, I, guess, that. I guess the, the bit of news is that, is that they played the show at the stadium. Yeah, it's, it, it's, their first, it's the first rock show at this new stadium. It's a brand new stadium yeah. in, La, in Las Vegas. Uh, okay, there you go. run by the Las Vegas. Yeah, brand new stadium in Las Vegas. Lost, the Raiders have moved from um, from Oakland to Las Vegas recently. <laughs> uh, right. Guitarist Nick Hippa. <laughs> what, what was the joke from uh, basically? Oh, about the, t- the towns of the, the game. Oh, my God. The fucking. Oh, my God. Oh, the, the Houston, the, the Oilers moved to Tennessee where there is no oil. Yeah, or something like that. And the, and the 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 Raiders and the place. To... You keep breaking up. You, you, the joke is got is dying. What's that? You keep breaking up. You need to, you probably need to back out and come back in. Okay, hang on. Okay, yeah. What I was saying was um. And they they said that they moved from from one place to another place and back to the original place and, and no one uh, ever seen the notice. No one noticed. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty it's, much, it's, it's the Raiders. Mm-hmm. You just don't get football, Marge. Anyway, guitarist Nick Hippa has confirmed his departure from As I Lay Dying, explaining that he can no longer justify being a part of a superficial pursuit and the story and meaning of the band's reunion. Uh, okay. All right. So it's a superficial pursuit of the story and meaning that the band's 2018 reunion was built upon. So it pretty much, I think he's talking about fucking Tim Lambesis. Anyway, although Hippa's exit was originally rumored in August of 2020, neither he nor his bandmates have publicly spoken about the split until now. It's kind it, it, of a funny way to put it, though. Yeah. You know? A superficial pursuit of the story and the meaning. It's it just it, it, it sounds like uh, the cash grab wasn't as good as you thought. <laughs> I I guess I mean like you know it's like you know it, it sounds like 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 a like a, a hero villain story or like a, a a villain story that like he they become they become powerful and somebody beneath them goes like oh no you've gone mad with power and, and that kind of that kind of dumb shit have you got mad without power no fun no listen to it's just it's, it's funny wording that's all i can say yeah. 
All right. Last but not least here for general news is uh, Philip Anselmo and his solo band, The Illegals, have been forced to cancel their performance in Dallas, Texas, as well as their appearance at this year's edition of the Rocklahoma Festival in Oklahoma due to the aftermath of uh, Hurricane Ida and circumstances beyond their control. Uh, so it was their it was their concert at the Gas Monkey in Dallas. Uh, it's now going to take place on November 13th. And the band thanks its fans for understanding and looks forward to returning to the stage as soon as possible. I think in relation to that, there was a video that was posted this morning of Phil Anselmo showing the damage that was done to his homestead. I wouldn't doubt it, yeah. So, yeah. All right. You ready for some So Let It Be Written? Uh-huh. Backbeat Books has announced the October 1st, 2021 release of Van Halen, The Eruption and the Aftershock by Michael Christopher. The book is available now for pre-order in multiple formats, featuring exclusive interviews for with insiders, fans, and artists who were there to witness the rise, the tumult, and the making of legends. It's a story that has to be read to be believed. The book includes input from members of Black Sabbath, Allison Chains, Velvet Revolver, Pantera, Rat, Striper, and many, many more, alongside never-before-seen photos and previously unpublished interviews with Van Halen alums uh, Sammy Hagar, Michael Anthony, and Gary Sharon. It was Gary Sharon. <laughs> that guy. Uh, I love Gary Sharon. Yeah. Some fucking extreme. I I had nothing to say here. You know what? When I was when I was talking about my armful of books the other day, um, one of the books that I could have bought was one on Van Halen, but I was like, do I really care about Van Halen that much at this point? So probably not. <laughs> not, not. Not yet. Not yet. I mean, I'm still struggling to get through the the Metallica one you got me, and it's not so much that it, of course it's not the content that bothers me. It's the writing style that I'm having a hard time with. Yeah. Uh. I gotcha. You know, so come in. What's up, handsome? I'm talking to Uncle Dan on the computer. Yeah. No, he's he's in his office at his house. Yeah. Yes, you can. Go right ahead. Okay, buddy. You like that sword? So do I. So do I. Okay. Ready for not spreading the disease? Not spreading the disease. Not spreading the disease. All right. The Cult scrapped all of its previously announced 2021 shows due to the COVID-19 pandemic. I will see that band live one day. One day. One day. One day. Limp Bizkit has canceled all of his previously announced live appearances for 2021. The group shared the news less than a month after scrapping more than a half a dozen shows uh, planned for the summer explaining in a statement that it was doing so out of an abundance of caution and concern for the safety of the band, crew, and most of all, the fans. <laughs> Red dirt. <laughs> no, that's good. That's cool, of course. Yeah, I mean, good for them about doing that on their own. Uh, Kid Rock scrapped his concert this weekend at Billy Bob's in Fort Worth, Texas, after most of his band tested positive for COVID-19. Most, most of, of his, his band. band, most of his band, not Kid Rock himself. There is no God. <laughs> uh, Theory of a Dead Man has canceled all of its September 2021 dates due to COVID-19. 
Winger canceled its show this past Sunday, September 5th in uh, Minnesota due to members of the touring party contracting COVID-19. And last but not least here, Devil Driver has canceled its appearance at the Rebel Rock Festival over COVID-19 concerns. Uh, they pulled out of the event, which is set to take place uh, September 24th and 26th, between September 24th and 26th in Orlando, Florida, due to the new COVID variant and logistics around keeping everybody safe, according to Des Fafara. So there's that. Right. So far, though, your Ramstein show is still on track for next year. Next yeah. year. Uh, uh, you know what? I got I, I, I have a little over a year. <laughs> a little over a year for for it to mutate one more time. Oh, yeah. Hey, you could do it a couple more times after that because we're only up to Delta. Got to go, go all the way up to Zebra. Yeah. We, we're going we're gonna to hit Omega and it's all over. No, it's going to be a COVID variant uh, winger. It's going to take us all out. Man, fuck you. <laughs> oh, watch out for that COVID striper. <laughs> all right. He's the one to call Dr. Fuel not so good. Vocalist Sean Killian of San Francisco, San Francisco Bay Thrasher's Violence has been hospitalized with COVID-19. The 57-year-old musician who battled stage 4 liver cirrhosis five years ago revealed his COVID-19 diagnosis in a social media post on Sunday, August 22nd. Ah, this is a this is this is multiples here. Here, uh, Kiss issued a statement confirming Paul Stanley's COVID-19 diagnosis. The statement reads: Kiss, uh, Kiss show at the Pavilion at Star Lake in Burgett's Town, PA, is unfortunately postponed due to Paul Stanley testing positive for COVID-19. More information about show dates will be made available ASAP. Shortly after, Dean Simmons tested positive for COVID-19. This comes less than a week after his bandmate Paul Stanley revealed that he had also contracted the disease, uh, forcing postponement of three shows to the group's end-of-the-road farewell tour. On Tuesday, August 31st, KISS released the, st- the following statement. KISS will postpone their next four dates. While Paul Stanley recently tweeted that he has recovered from COVID-19, Gene Simmons has now tested positive and is experiencing mild symptoms. The band and crew will remain at home and isolate for the next 10 days, and doctors will indicate the tour should be able to resume on uh, September 9th at Five Point Amphitheater in Irving, California. All previously purchased tickets will be honored for the new dates once announced. More information will be emailed to ticket holders directly. Moral of the story, two band members should not have sex with the same person. <clears throat> Moral of the story is that this tour was supposed to end in 2019. It's not going to end until 2022. The tour was supposed to end in 2000, you jackass. True, true. Yes, you're absolutely right. I stand corrected. We were there for their farewell tour in twenty and two thousand. Yes, we were there. I was there. I was there, man. I had a T-shirt and it said I was there. Ugh. All right, but that's that's about it for uh, people getting sick. No one's getting any better. No one's getting. Although it probably should be reported that um, Jonathan Davis, he had COVID nineteen. He was able to return to work. Uh, Some of it it kicked his ass a little bit because he was actually he actually had to sit down for some of the performance, like. Again, I think they broke out the old throne from Dave Grohl and uh, Axl Rose there to, for him to sit on. And uh, Corey Taylor's be- feeling better, so he should be on the men pretty soon. And back at – actually, they were back at it this weekend. Uh, Slipknot played at Rocklahoma this weekend. So he must be feeling a lot better. All right, breaking the law here. This really should go up to uh, 
to fucking old news because uh, according to Associated Press, an attorney for Marilyn Manson has entered a not guilty plea on the singer's behalf in a district court in New Hampshire. Manson is accused of, appro- of approaching a videographer at his 2019 concert at the Bank of New Hampshire Pavilion in Guilford and spitting and blowing his nose on her. Manson's attorney filed the not a guilty plea in uh, district court. A case status hearing has been scheduled for December 27th. Manson was charged with two misdemeanor counts of simple assault. If convicted on the charges, Manson could face a jail sentence of up to one year and fine of up to $2,000. What? <laughs> He's a filthy fucker. What is wrong with you, Marilyn Manson? Everything, apparently. I mean, have you, have you not been keeping up? Fucking seriously? No, but like... I thought, like, I, I didn't actually read this part of it, and he, you said it should be in old news now, so I was like, oh, great, he beat up somebody else. And it's like, you know, he blew their nose, blew his nose on them. Yeah, it's silly. He's fucking stupid. I, I mean, like, I'd be pretty pissed off, and, you know, I'd, you know, I'd sock him in the nose for that kind of thing and be like, okay, <laughs> we're, we're even. But, I mean, you know, you, in fact, I would just sit there and kind of take the snot and just shove it back up his nose. But, like, you know, like, like what kind of human being? Well, it, it's, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, that kind of human being. Yeah. All right, let's go to Metallica. All right, Metallica's breaking shit. Again, this is really not so much uh, Metallica's breaking any records anymore. This is just a uh, Metallica news, because they're always in the goddamn news. They're always doing something. Anyway, Metallica's All Within My Hands Foundation has donated $50,000 to Direct Relief's Haiti Earthquake Relief Fund. So they had an earthquake uh, between our last podcast and now, and Metallica's donating money, because they always do. Yeah. And Sirius XM has announced the return of Mandatory Metallica, a new limited engagement radio channel with music and content curated by the band. This new artist-branded channel coincides with the 30th anniversary of the release of Metallica's self-titled fifth album, commonly known as the Black Album. Mandatory Metallica will feature music spanning the band's entire catalog, including live concert performances and rare tracks. Band members James Hetfield, Lars Ulrich, Kirk Hammett and Robert Trujillo will share commentary about them, their music, some of their favorite songs by other artists, personal stories about their career, and more. No, that sounds like fun. Yeah. I've been actually, like, not just that, that one time, but I've been actually keeping up on the Metallica podcast. It's all about the recording of the Black Album. Yeah. And it's really cool to listen to. Because, um, like, the only experience you have with that like, the recording of it is the year-and-a-half-in-a-life of documentary that they have. So it's, like, what they were, like, you get to see them in the in the middle of recording and their mindsets while they're recording, but now this is more of a, of a retrospective, and they have a lot more, they have 30 years of uh, perspective to put behind it. And it's actually really interesting to hear their take on things now about how they did things back then. You know, and they talk to, they, of course, they talk to Jason Newstead, who was on the album and a member of the band at the time, they talked to Bob Rock, they talked to their managers, they talked to Durbin, who is the director of the documentary, everything. It's it's great. Very cool. A very cool tidbit about that, and I and this is something I did not know at the time, and I don't think whatever, but the kid who does the, the prayer in Enter Sandman, uh, that is Bob Rock's son when he was nine years old. Wow. 
Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That poor kid. Yeah. Been living been living that forever. <laughs> All right, you ready for some f- 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 feuding? Um, All right, so um, we got Nirvana versus the Nevermind Baby. All right. So survive, I'm just going to read from the article here. So this is not even cut and paste. This is directly from the article. All right. So surviving members of Nirvana, as well as the estate of Kurt Cobain, have been sued by Spencer Eldon. He is the man who claims he was the baby featured on the cover of the band's Nevermind album. Eldon alleges the image of the baby reaching for a dollar in a swimming pool violated federal child pornography statutes and argues sex, uh, child sex exploitation. Uh, in, a, in the complaint filed in Los Angeles Federal Court, which also names photographer Kirk Weedle and the various record companies behind the album was released, Eldon claims that his identity and legal name are forever tied to commercial sexual exploitation he experienced as a minor, which has been distributed and sold worldwide from the time he was a baby to the present day. According to the suit, the defendants knowingly produced, possessed, and advertised commercial child pornography depicting Spencer, and they knowingly received value in exchange for doing so. Despite this knowledge, defendants failed to take reasonable steps to protect Spencer and prevent his widespread sexual exploitation and image trafficking. Uh, he, uh, Eldon claims that his parents never signed a release authorizing the use of the photos, which were taken in a Pasadena Aquatic Center in 1990. He alleges that the band promised to cover his genitals with a sticker, which was never incorporated into the album art. Yada, yada, yada. So, several years later, he's suing the band for child sexual exploitation. It's very, very odd. Uh, I, I I have nothing to say on this one to move along. Well, I'm just going to mention that it's very interesting that he's taken this stance now because shortly, just a few years ago, I believe it was one of the anniversaries of the album, he recreated the picture. He has the word Nevermind tattooed across his chest. So, like, why do you mind now? Like, I don't get it. Like you celebrated this cover photo for so many for so many years, and now it's a problem. Like I, I highly doubt this is going to go anywhere. I I I I. I yeah, you got I, I got you. I have a lot to say, but I I I I, I don't have a lot to say. So. Gotcha. All right, merchandising. Yeah, merchandising. Here we go. Knuckle bones. Yeah has announced its plans to create a series of Misfits limited edition collectible statues. This series will kick off with Earth AD 3D vinyl by Knuckle Bones. Misfits Earth AD 3D vinyl collectible statue is crafted by hand using a fine arts process where each is hand-painted, numbered, and comes with a certificate of authenticity on the base. The statue stands at 10 inches tall and only 1983 will be cast in the limited edition. So 1,983 of these things are going to be in existence, making these highly collectible. That, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I would get one myself. I, I don't care enough. I like the Misfits. I don't care enough about the, the cover of it to, to really get that, but that's cool. Yeah. So. All right, so let's head into uh, commercial break number two. Commercial break number two. Engage. Actually, 
<laughs> Before we go into commercial break number two, um, so last time I believe we had spoken about the uh, a forthcoming flavor of Hella Hot Hot Sauce uh, by Steve Zetro Souza. Uh, yes, sir. As well as uh, collaboration with Hella Hot Hot Sauce. Now, since then, on their Instagram page, Skeletal, Skeletal Remains has posted a sketch of a new flavor uh, that they're working on with hella hot hot sauce which they have not described any particular uh quirks to it as far as flavor goes so we don't know anything about it you know we mentioned last time that the the zetro one was kind of strawberry based we know nothing about this new one um but the artwork for it it looks pretty cool um in my conversation that i had with um uh, Mr. Coulson, the man behind Hello Hot Hot Sauce, there are at least two other bands that we can look forward to um, to have collaborations with them, but I won't name them here. I will let that speak for itself when the time comes. Uh, but let's just say that they are a very busy group right now. That sounds wonderful, and it's great for us because it just gives us more shit to try. Exactly. And with that, we go to commercial break. Greetings, Metalheads. Dan Mack here, and if you're a fan of putting a little heat on your meals, spice up your life with one of the many hot sauce flavors available from our sponsors at Hella Hot Hot Sauce. All natural, no preservative, and California-made Hella Hot Hot Sauce provides small-batch artisan hot sauces made from fruit and pepper blends that emphasize aroma, taste, and, of course, heat. With several flavors available, some seasonal, others year-round, and collaborations with members of Ghoul, Exhumed, Guar, and Hatebreed, there are plenty of options to suit your palate. Head over to HellahotHotSauce.com and buy up a couple bottles now. Woot, woot. Here we go. Recording news. Static X bassist Tony Campos has confirmed the band's plan to release the second volume of Project Regeneration, containing many of the final vocal performances and musical compositions of late Static X frontman Wayne Static, along with the original Wisconsin Death Trip lineup of Campos, drummer Ken Jay, and guitarist Kochi Fukada. Fukada. Koichi Fukuda. Fukuda. Koichi Fukuda, thank you. Uh, both volumes are being worked on by longtime Static X producer Ulrich Wilde. Woot. Woot, woot. Now, this one. Huge. Lordy will release no less than seven new studio albums in the fall. The LPs will mark the first new music from Lordy since the arrival of 2020's Collection, which is a fictional compilation album which contains songs that Lordy would have written had the band existed between the early 1970s and the mid-1990s. The Lordiversity box shall be available on November 26th as a 7-CD box set and a 7-vinyl box set in three different color editions. Each album has a different genre approach. You got hard rock, disco, progressive rock, heavy metal, album-oriented rock, thrash and speed metal, and industrial metal. I am so excited for this. <laughs> it sounds great because I'm a big fan of like when bands do something like this in a, like a specific genre type. Yeah, you know, like I was a big fan of that extra disc that came with one of the um, Amount of Marth releases because they did they did a they did four songs in the style of uh, like Black Sabbath, Motorhead, ACDC, and something else, and it sounded just like if those bands had recorded it. It sounded it was great. So this is going to be fucking wild. Yeah, I, I just I, I can't wait. I, I 
Like, I knew that the seven albums were coming, but I didn't realize that they were going to be, like, each separate like that, like, like different styles like that. Now I'm even yeah. more excited. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fucking out of control. That's going to be awesome. All right. Adam Nurgle Darsky is returning with his dark folk blues Americana-influenced solo project, Me and That Man's third full-length studio album, New Man, New Songs, Same Shit, Volume 2, on November 19th, 2021, via Napalm Records. There was something recent I heard about that, like a, a certain person who's going to be on it that excited, that got me really excited, but I can't remember anything about it now, so I'm now I'm upset. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll figure it out once I listen to it. And you know, that's almost a guaranteed album of the day for me. So, yep. All right. Next up, Black Label Society will release its 11th studio album, Doom Crew Incorporated, on November 26th um, via Entertainment One. The album will be available digitally on CD and uh, vinyl, plus a deluxe edition that includes vinyl, CD, long box, cassette, and more. You can pre order now. Here comes that cassette. Uh, here comes that Sonic Brew again for you. Yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar is the company that creates beautiful lullaby versions of your favorite artists, has just released the lullaby versions of Dio via Roma Music Group. Guess I know what I'm listening to after this. <laughs> In my meditation state, I'm going to listen to Twinkle Twinkle Little Rockstar. Chris Holmes will release his new studio album, Unbearable Influence, on September 26th. A pre-order of the LP is available at Bandcamp currently. Hmm. Excuse me. Whitechapel will release their new album, Kin, on October 29th via Metal Blade Records. And last but not least here, Tony Martin will release his long-awaited new solo album, Thorns on January 14th, 2022, via Battle God Productions and Dark Star Records. Battle God will handle distribution in Australia, Asia, Europe, and Japan, while Dark Star will handle distribution in all of North and South America, including both physical and streaming. Uh-huh. Shit. That's me. Album of the day for Dan. Oh, it's coming. All right, recorded live shit. On October 22nd, Armored Saint will release a new CD, DVD, Symbol of Salvation Live via Metal Blade Records to celebrate this seminal album's 30th anniversary. A combination live album and video of the band playing the album in its entirety at New York's famed Gramercy Theater during the 2018 tour, it captures the power, diversity, and peerless songwriting contained within. I might have to pick that up. That does sound good. All right. Rewind, replay, rebound, reissued. BMG has set an October 29th release date for a new career-spanning Motorhead set titled Everything Louder Forever, The Very Best Of. The definitive collection will be available on 2CD, 2LP, and 4LP. The 2CD Digipack and 4LP Foldout sets will feature 42 tracks, including Ace of Spades, Killed by Death, Overkill, I'm So Bad, Baby, I Don't Care. The game and many more. The two LP set will include twenty-two tracks in a gatefold package. Do we really need another best of Motorhead? Uh, allegedly so. BMG thinks so. <laughs> this is the definitive collection. The definitive collection. God damn it! 
I've um, spoken. They, they're gonna they're gonna release another one in a couple of years called "We Could Totally Get a Little Bit Louder." <laughs> you thought we were loud then? Check this shit out. Fucking seriously. All that remains is celebrating the 15th anniversary of its breakthrough album, The Fall of Ideals, with a new vinyl reissue and tour and documentary. Set to release on November 12th and available for pre-order today. The best-selling title features such fan favorites as This Calling, Six, and The Air That I Breathe. In addition to the wide release, the band has exclusive color vinyl variants with deluxe packaging available only at the band's web store. The band will also be announcing information on their anniversary tour and documentary later this year. Six AM, the long running project featuring Motley Crue bassist Nikki Six, alongside Guns N' Roses guitar former Guns N' Roses guitarist DJ Ashba and vocalist James Michael, will release the hits album on October twenty second via Better Noise Music. This project is a retrospective collection of the band's biggest hits and fan favorite songs. And most notably, most notably, it includes six previously unheard songs, marking the band's first official album with new material since 2016. I can't say much. I don't know enough about 6AM, so... Yeah, neither do I. Neither do I. But you know about Tower Records... Because the <laughs> because the iconic music chain that defied the find the retail music business in the pre digital era is back and celebrating the 30th anniversary of Ozzy Osbourne's No More Tears with an exclusive limited edition vinyl and T-shirt bundle. This limited run of only 500 units is available now at TowerRecords.com and includes the exclusive Tower Records 2 LP colored vinyl set, seven by seven photo book with pics from the launch event and an exclusive I Was There T-shirt. I don't know if I need the I was there t-shirt, but let me let me just tell you that um so so last time you had mentioned this thing, I got really excited and I looked it up. I have not stopped getting ads for Towel Records on Facebook ever since. <laughs> you opened Pandora's box, Bubba. I fucking did. <laughs> you done fucked up. You got fucked up now. Okay. Seppel Nation, the studio albums, 1998 to 2009, uh, released through BMG on October 22nd, celebrates Sepultura's second phase and this five-album box set across eight slabs of vinyl or five CDs contains the albums Against, Nation, Warback, Dante, 21, and Alex all of which are half-speed cut, remastered, and back on 180-gram vinyl for the first time in a decade, and also as a collector CD box. In addition, the Roarback album features the Rare Revolutions EP, which is available for the first time digitally, and saw the band celebrate their influences which covers with covers of bands as musically broad as Evo, Exodus, U2, and Massive Attack. I think I have that, that, that EP. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think I have the. I think I have. I think I have every Simple Tour album. Oh, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Very cool. All right, next up, The Velvet Underground, a documentary film by Todd Hayes Haynes. Music from the motion picture soundtrack is a two digit, two CD and digital soundtrack that features both well-known and rare Velvet Underground tracks, and it will be released on October fifteenth via Republic Records. Curated by the documentary's director, Todd Haynes, 
and music supervisor Randall Poster. The album is the official soundtrack for the critically acclaimed Apple original documentary, The Velvet Underground, which will be released in theaters and premiere globally Friday, October 15th on Apple TV. Velvet Underground, yeah. Surprised you put the Velvet Underground in our show. Well, I know. I mean, they're pretty highly influential in the metal in the, in the metal genre. I, I suppose. Yes, I suppose. All right, last but not least here, on October 22nd, Slayer will release CD, cassette, and vinyl reissues of their classic records, Show No Mercy, Haunting the Chapel, Live Undead, and Hello Waits via Metal Blade Records. They will still sound like shit. <laughs> All right, so we do have uh, something, uh, uh, the good that men and women do. But KISS is partnering with world-renowned visual artist David uh, Garibaldi, Spin Magazine, and leading sweepstakes platform Aprizio uh, to raise funds for Crew Nation at the North American stops on the final leg of the End of the Road Tour. After having raised 600000 on the first leg of the tour, Garibaldi will return as the opening act for KISS by painting live portraits of the Rock and Roll Hall of Famers on stage prior to each KISS performance on their final run. At each concert, fans and attendants will have the opportunity to donate $10 to Crew Nation to enter to win Garibaldi's painting from that night. Through Prezio's, uh, Prezio's, Prezio's in-venue functionality, Prezio's Live for larger donate, uh, for Prezio's Live, whatever. For larger donations, fans earn additional entries to the Charity Soup 6. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean... If you got money to spend, just throw in a whole bunch of opportunities to get a sweet painting of Kiss. You know. Yeah. Basically, it's just a it's just a picture of fire. <laughs> All right, crowdfunding tracker here. So we have a one that just came up to, uh, today. Uh, vocalist Pamela Moore, who's best known for singing the part of Sister Mary on Queen's Reich's nineteen eighty eight breakthrough album Operation Mindcrime has organized a GoFundMe campaign to benefit Scott Fazio O'Hare. According to an August 19th post on Moore's Facebook page, O'Hare, who worked as a progressive metal band's tour manager for 16 years, suffered a series of debilitating strokes in mid-August. The GoFundMe page for the campaign states that as a result, O'Hare's vision has been significantly impaired and he's in physical therapy to treat paralysis on his left side. That shit sucks. Yep, so currently the goal is $25,000, um, and they have re- they have raised 11850 so far. Interesting. Yes. Very, very much so. Okay. So, um, I haven't looked at anything crowdfunding in forever, so. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Shit I want. Um... God. Oh, wow. Should I want? What do you want? Money. <laughs> Buy more shit. Now, um, honestly, I can't say there's anything in particular that I want uh, as far as music goes right now because, uh, yeah, everything's, you know, everything, everything out there is pretty smooth. So. Yes, sir. Same. Same. 
Uh, Actually, you know what? Let me let me let me let me change that. I want a new Brides of Lucifer album. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That sounds cool. Yeah, I, that was I, that was that was a good listen when I listened to it. That was very good. Yeah, I want I want a new album from them. So, yeah, that's what I got. All right, well, universe, get on that. Um, now, rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Um, I would say that all of my rabbit holes have to do with stuff that is getting reported throughout this podcast as far as um, collaborations and, and different things and whatnot. So I would say that, that I've already spoken some of my rabbit holes, and I think I've still got one or two to go. So Sounds good. Um. That actually leads us into uh, commercial break number three, which will eventually happen. Eventually. Uh, eventually happen. And that is for a um, a music seller. Um, I had mentioned earlier in one of the albums of the day, uh, the band Dr. Smoke. Dr. Smoke um, is – I came across you you know like when you when you're handed a list of something and you just kind of uh that one right uh-huh. yeah oh yeah okay so i did that on um on a website um called thecosmicpeddler.com that sounds vaguely familiar so yeah okay well, it, may, it may sound familiar i may have mentioned it in the past or this was a the, the gentleman behind this uh this online store um used to have a shop in the eisenhower flea market and i have actually bought a record from him okay um, but he uh he is no longer at the eisenhower flea market eisenhower marketplace whatever you want to call it um because of the cost of it because covid and all that bullshit um so he sticks to uh selling stuff online uh at thecosmicpeddler.com and a lot of it is again that fuzzy stony doom kind of kind of style of music um he sells a lot of vinyl records um some CDs, some cassette tapes, and whatnot. But I had a chance to speak with him over the weekend, and um, I had mentioned that we would, I would like to work together with him in some capacity in the future. And so you can expect that there will be a third commercial break at least somewhere around here in the future, pushing them. Um, so break train. Yeah. So, so that the and, and the the record that I bought was actually by the Crimson Devils. The Crimson Devils is a great fucking band. I need to listen to that track again, to that album again. Um, but I also need to pick up some records from these guys, and um, they work with a lot of different. Um, they 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 work with a lot of different record labels. They um they sell records from a lot of uh a lot of names King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard the the Melvins uh Sleep they have records from those guys and everything uh-huh. um when I met when I brought the site up to um uh the group chat one of the one of the labels that was mentioned was Heavy Psych Sounds being among the uh, more impressive um but 
these are the kind of this is the kind of music that they excel in. So uh, I would encourage people to go to thecosmicpeddler.com and uh, check out some stuff. Um, obviously, if you're like me and you like to get an earful before you buy, then go Spotify it like I did. Um, and that's how I found Doctor Smoke. So uh, eventually there will be a commercial here for that, um, and we will be talking more about them in the future. So. And so that is for commercial break number three. Let's carry on to concert news. All right, so we got nothing out of drive-in. I think we can probably almost erase that one at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's really streaming anything at the moment, although let's not hold our breaths on that one. That could still happen, depending on how mm-hmm. these things go. Um, no new festival news, although like you know things have been announced, things have been canceled. I mean, I think people just need to... to to not hold their breaths about festivals. But we do still have some touring news here. All right. Let's check this out. Jerry Cantrell has announced a North American tour beginning on March 24th, 2022, in support of his soon-to-be-released solo album, Brighton. There is a San Antonio date here, April 22nd, at the Aztec. I actually kind of want to see that. Um, I mean, I'd rather see Alice in Chains in concert. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, I mean, if you're going to get... If you're gonna get Anything, at least you get part of Alice in Chains. Yeah, you get, you get one one portion of it. Uh, Dragon Force has announced a European tour with Power Wolf and War Kings, set to take place in the fall of 2022. Have you ever heard Dragon Fire, uh, Dragon Force's cover of Ring of Fire? No, I don't think I have actually. It sounds pretty it's awesome. Weird. It's weird. <laughs> By weird, I mean like you know the song. Of course, you know, you know, like you know, Johnny Cash, his deep voice and everything like that. Then take that song and Dragon Force it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If I want to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> I I was actually curious as to whether or not it was actually the song until the until the chorus came in. So it's weird. Very weird. All right. What else do we have? Oh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra has announced its highly anticipated winter 2021 tour. In celebration of the 25th anniversary of the group's landmark album Christmas Eve and other stories, this year's multi-sensory extravaganza kicks off on Wednesday, November 17th, with performances in Green Bay and Council Bluffs. And will visit 59 cities for 99 performances across America before concluding on Thursday, December 30th, in Cleveland and St. Louis. There's a San Antonio date here, September 10th, at the AT&T Center, both matinee and evening shows. That is cool. Uh, I've already seen I've already seen the show, so I encourage those who have not to go see it. That would be me, and I will have to consider it, depending on what schedule the work is at that time. Yep. Mammoth WVH has announced a handful of new headlining shows for October. Support on the dates will come from the all-female rock outfit Plush. Cool. Yep. And last but not least here, ironically, we are talking about As I Lay Dying. Uh, after the departure of their... As I Lay Dying. <laughs> they uh, have announced the Two Decades of Destruction European 2022 Tour. The 29th date trek will kick off in Starbrücken, uh, Germany, on March 19th and make stops in France, Sweden, and Italy before returning to Germany for the uh, Epiricon Festivals. 
Join the band on the floor. We'll be dying fetus and a mure with select dates, including fit for a king. I don't care about I'm really dying, so. Yeah. All right, we got some one-offs here. So we got Miles and Lane Ulrich, sons of Metallica drummer Lars Ulrich, have launched a new band called Taipei Houston. The duo, which has shared a snippet of an original song called uh, Respecter on its Instagram, is scheduled to perform at Alex's Bar in Long Beach, California on Thursday, September 9th. Cool. Metallica will perform with pop star Miley Cyrus on Sirius XM's The Howard Stern Show next week. The exact date for the performance has not been announced. Most people are speculating that they're going to do Nothing Else Matters because she covers it on the blacklist. And not last but not least here, Metallica will be guest on the Friday, September 10th episode of Jimmy Kimmel Live. Cool. Are you ready? For the charts. No. No, no, I didn't you were. I didn't you were. No, um, no, no. No, no, hang on one second. I got I got I got I got stuff. Oh, so, the ISO show. I my my bad. Yeah. My fault. I got ISO show. So so I'm 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 calling an audible here. So let's talk about the show that I saw. Headlined by the Tribute Act Nativity in Black. Can you guess who they are a tribute to? Not a clue. No, I have no idea. Black Sabbath, Nativity in Black. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. So um, they cover 1970 to 1978 uh, um, Black Sabbath, Strictly Aussie. Um, I will say I, I, I did not film their set, you know, because I think we've already been hit with enough copyright strikes on our YouTube channel and whatnot to um, to warrant not doing that. Um, but their set was good. I would have picked a few different songs. Um, but they, you know, they played, they played ones that, you, that, that some that you would expect. They closed with Paranoid and whatnot. Um, they played War Pigs. Uh, I was a little thrown off by certain songs like Into the Void, Snowblind. Um, yeah, I don't think they even played, uh, their eponymous track, Black Sabbath. That's interesting. Yeah, so they they had they had interesting choices of songs, but they were good. Uh, so apparently, some of the members of the band are their members of the band Las Cruces, which is a very Sabbath influenced band from here in San Antonio. Um, I have a live video of them playing a couple years back up on our YouTube channel. They are a pretty kick ass kind of doomish band, um, but their set was good. Um, and then and. Prior to them going on was Seance. This is Seance's first performance since uh, 2019. Damn. So, so yeah, I haven't seen them in tw- I haven't seen them in two years. They haven't played in two years. Um, but they always put on a great show. I filmed their set. I actually finally got a proper filming of their set because usually in the past when I've tried to film them, I've moved around, which is stupid, or I filmed them during a Halloween show, so they're dressed up in costumes. Ah, yes. 
So I actually have legit footage of them playing. Finally, it's gonna it's gonna go up on the YouTube channel probably sometime in October. So, uh, but I can't really say much more about Seance. You like you've seen them. You know how they sound. Yep. They're a great um, kind of mix between hard rock and heavy metal. They're they're classic. They're long running here in San Antonio. Not much to say. The reason that I wanted to make mention of it, of things here in I Saw a Show, was because of bands that I haven't seen, I haven't seen before, and I don't want to um, really talk about, um, I don't want to talk about performances as in like, like, yeah, they were really good. That doesn't really help you understand. So what I decided was that for the bands that I go see that I don't have um that I that I don't that that I haven't seen before that I don't want to explain, I'm gonna play a track from them. Oh, here we go. So I so so this consider this to be another musical break. Um and the the band that I came in to see, um like they had just started playing when I came in, is a band named Drowning Mona. Um, more so on the hard rock side, but I feel that they are good, good enough and heavy enough to be played here on our show. Uh, and hopefully they don't mind us playing a track uh, from the album. Uh, but I picked up their album, uh, Controlled Chaos, from 2015. Listened to a little bit of it, um, and I'm going to be playing the first track off the album called Apologies right now.
that is Drowning Mona. That is the song Apologies from Controlled Chaos. Um, I got to see them live uh, at the show this past, uh, was it Friday or Saturday? God, I, you know what? This whole Labor Day thing is throwing me off. Oh, for sure. 100%. Yeah. But they, uh, but they put on, they put on a great show. Bought a T-shirt, bought the album. Um, I got, I got them to sign. I got, I got three more posters uh, from this show to add to my, my wall. Um, one of which came from Seance, one of which came from Drowning Mona, and one of which came from uh, uh, Intimity in Black. I have to thank Sharon from, uh, from Fitzgerald because she gave me a poster for every band so and of course it's nice to look at these posters um and you know she she has her own little thing called san antonio all original music talent uh i i guess entertainment group that she that she does a lot of shows under and whenever she does posters for that she puts the shred shack logo on it um so it's nice to see our logo on all of them <laughs> um, cool. they're going to end up on the filming wall very shortly once I buy frames um, but that's going to be it for I Saw a Show now I am ready for charts okay let me pull it back up here here we go so of course you want to know the top 5 number 1 is Sour by Olivia Rodrigo right number 2 is Trip at Night by Trippy Red that's a new album his new album Number three is uh, a band, uh, no, a rapper named Rod Wave and his album Soulfly. Uh, that's at number three. Number four is Doja Cat and the album Planet Her. And number five is the new album by Lord uh, Solar Power. Cool. All right. So you ready for the rest of it? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, I'm already scrolling, so it's 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 not looking good for you. It's not looking good for you at all. Yeah, greatest hits by Queen is at number twenty-two. There you go. This not going out right away. More than likely, definitely. Um, our girl Taylor, she's got folklore at number twenty-six. All right, Fleetwood Max rumors is at number twenty-seven, and we got to the scrolling part here. Okay. No, 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 no. Elton John's Diamonds at number 42. Do, 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 do. Okay. Lover by Taylor Swift is at number 62. So that's a dose for Taylor. Journey's Greatest Hits is at 63, right below Taylor. Evermore by Taylor Swift is at number 65, followed by the Black Album at number 66. Not, I'm sorry, not the Black Album, Back in Black by ACDC, number 66. Oh, a different Black Album. It's a different Black Album, for sure. Surprisingly enough, only one Rolling Stones uh, album on this for right now. Uh, Hot Rocks, 1964-1971 by the Rolling Stones is at number 73. 73. Mm. The Best of Bob Marley and the Whalers is at number 76. Guns N' Roses' Greatest Hits is at number 78. Nirvana's Nevermind is at number 88. Greatest Hits of Tom Petty is at number 90. 1989 by Taylor Swift is at 94. That's four for a girl Taylor in the top 100. And we continue to scroll. Cool. 
All right, we got back-to-back Michael Jacksons here at 106 and 107. Thriller and the essential Michael Jackson, respectively. Strange. Best of Nickelback Volume 1 is at 112. Beatles 1 is at 116. Okay. Bob Seger and a Silver Bullet Band Greatest Hits at number 121. All-time Greatest Hits by Larry Skinner at number 127. Here at 130 is a new album by Def Heaven, Infinite Granite. Nice. Yeah, number 130. So you can probably imagine it's like number two on the fucking hard rock charts. No, three, sorry. Right behind Back in Black. Speaking yeah. of the Black album that we're, we are, we've already mentioned is at 132. 132. You can probably expect the next time that we record this, it might be a little bit higher, seeing that they're doing the reissue on the 10th, September 10th. Right on. All right. Abbey Road by the Beatles is at number 137. Devil's Got a New Disguise, the very best of Aerosmith, is at number 140. Odd. Yeah, I never, I didn't even know that existed. Yeah, no, we, we talked about that last time, and we just couldn't figure out why. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's like, hold on, whatever. I'm not going to look at it right now. Uh, the Sound of Summer, the very best of the Beach Boys, is at number 141. Hotel California by uh, uh, by the Eagles at 147. Mm-hmm. That might see a quick spike uh, upwards because it is featured pretty heavily in the new Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a running gag in it, so you might hear that might get an uptick. All right, three cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance at 158. Fearless, Taylor's version by Taylor Swift is at number 163. That's number five for our girl Taylor. Continuing on. Red by Taylor Swift is at number 176. That's number six for Taylor Swift. Fleetwood Mac's greatest hits is at number 181. Excuse me. George Harrison's album, All Things Must Pass, is at number 189. Reputation by Taylor Swift is at 190. That's seven for our girl, Taylor. Hyper Theory by Linkin Park is at 193. And rounding out the top 200 at 200 is a re-entry of the greatest hits by Blink-182. Yeah, that was kind of there. I, I take it by your silence that you are not impressed with this list. Not quite. No. So. Not to, I mean, Taylor Swift has, has her number. That's fine. Yep. Cool. But yep, otherwise. Seven. Yeah. No. Whatever. Um, I think uh, I think our show's been long enough. <laughs> yep. And Warrior does need food badly. Warrior does need food badly. So, um, we make our curtain call. And uh, until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And I am Chris Mack. And we are the Slime. <laughs>